Welcome to the Nail Your Nutrition podcast, a podcast focused on training for endurance activity. I'm Sarah, a registered dietitian and toddler mom in the Washington, D.C. area. I write the blog Bucketless Tummy and focus most of my work on running and endurance athletes, as well as merging the principles of sports nutrition with the principles of intuitive eating. And I'm Marita, a sports dietitian and fellow toddler mom in Pensacola, Florida. I work with endurance athletes at my private practice, Eat to Compete. My goal is to help athletes learn to fuel their training with intuitive eating. We are two sports dietitians and moms here to break down the nutrition science to make training more fun and approachable for you. Whether you're a novice athlete, a weekend warrior, a mom trying to fit in a consistent exercise schedule, or a top finisher at big races, we want to help you understand the importance of fueling well. We're so glad to have you here and would appreciate you spreading the word or sharing this episode or podcast with a friend, family member, training partner, coworker, or anyone you would think would enjoy it. If you have a minute, please leave us a review wherever you subscribe to your podcast as that really helps the show. Now let's get to today's episode. Welcome to the Nail Your Nutrition podcast. I am back from maternity leave. Yay. I bet you all are just as excited as I am to hear Marina's <laughs> voice on here. Yay. I know. It's been almost four months since I've had my baby. So we're back. Mm-hmm. We're excited. We're going to just do a little catch up and talking about training while traveling today, which I have been doing, Sarah's been doing, and we are just su- super happy to, I'm super happy to be back and chatting with all of you. Yes, we have missed you, Marita. So bring us up to speed. Um, What does your day look like right now? Because you have two kids at home. You just moved. Like, tell us about your life. Yeah, we just moved to San Antonio at the beginning of May. My husband, as you guys know, is active duty Air Force. So he got a new assignment at Randolph Air Force Base here. And so we elected to move early before our house was available so that my husband could train one-on-one with the guy he is replacing And that happens to be one of our closest friends. So that's been super nice to spend time with them before they leave in July. So we moved when my newest son, Rex, was two months old. I do not recommend that. And then Revere, my older son, he's two and a half. So it's been quite an adjustment for him. He's definitely taken it the hardest. Um, But we lived on base in what's called TLF, Temporary Lodging Facility. It was a little... um, like one bedroom, like so tiny, like tinier than my studio apartment in college. It was rough. Um, we gave my son the ho- the bed in the hotel in quotes. Uh, so we slept on an on the mattress, the couch pull out oh that was goodness. like super thin. <laughs> my husband is six two, and we are used to a king size bed, so we're like on top of each other, not in a good way. Like, oh my gosh, please, can you like move over a little bit? So, and you were in that for two months. No, it was about three and a half weeks. So we drove from Pensacola to Texas. We took our time with that because I was like, I have a two-month-old. I have to nurse him constantly. So we drove like three, four hours max each day and just really took our time with that. We stopped in New Orleans and Houston, and and that was actually not too bad. The road trip was not too bad. It was just uh, the temporary lodging on base. That was not fun and just trying to slowly ease back into – training some sort of like pelvic floor movement, actual like squats, how does that feel after giving birth, all of that fun stuff. But now we're just finally settled into our home. We love our neighborhood. There's a pool. We could literally throw a stone to get there. It's like super, super 
close and just adjusting to having two kids. It's been intense. Right. Yeah. I know. And I, I want to get to how you were starting to get back into movement and training, yeah. especially in that small, you know, apartment, <laughs> temporary lodging <laughs> situation that you were in. And mm-hmm. because I think that goes into, you know, traveling, fitting training, and especially yeah. having kids, kids adding another element to that. Yeah. Before we do that, though, Marita, is there anything you want to share about your birth story? Because you did end up having a VBAC, yeah. which I know was a big goal for you. So and you were really compliant with, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into yeah. that to helping prep your body. So what mm-hmm. did you find the most helpful for that experience? Yeah. So as you guys know, if you've been a longtime listener, Sarah and I both had C-sections with our first kiddos. Mine was planned because my son was breech and he refused to turn. And Sarah, you had what's called failure to progress, right? Yeah. yeah. Basically a very yeah. frustrating term. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. A lot I probably could have done differently, but I just didn't. You just don't know. That first one, you just don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so I planned, I like hoped and did everything I could for a VBAC. And I, my son wasn't, his his femurs were not growing properly. And so we had been keeping an eye on that. And finally at my, I think it was my 37 week appointment, my OB was like, hey, you know, let me just refer you to a maternal fetal medicine specialist just to get a better ultrasound to check on this. So I went in, I was. 38 weeks and four days and they're doing it forever, ever, ever. The ultrasound, I'm like, oh, this does not look good. I can tell that, you know, with our science background, I'm like, that that looks wrong. That is saying 33 weeks still for his femur growth. And so the maternal fetal medicine specialist came in and he's like, you're having a baby today. And I literally was like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. And he like started crying. It was horrible. And of course, I was by myself because COVID. Um, so I called my husband and I called my doula and they were like, you need to go to your, your OB right now to make sure that you don't have to go to the hospital right now to be induced. Like it was pretty urgent. And so I hadn't even packed a a hospital bag. My, my son was at school. So I really wanted to go home and say, like, give him a kiss before, you know, being induced. And so I was like, please, please, please let me go home. So they made me do um, a non-stress test first and baby was fine. His heart rate was fine. So they're like, okay, you have three hours, go home and pack a bag, come back here to be induced. And of course we don't, we didn't have family in Pensacola. Um, so we had friends watch Revere for a couple hours and my husband is like scrambling to clean the house and pack a hospital bag and like trying to make sure that everything is organized for Revere. And, um, we called my in-laws who live in Atlanta. They like really quickly drove down. So they were able to watch Revere while we were in the hospital, which was great. And we had friends who like totally saved us, drove me to the hospital. <laughs> like it was just a kind of not at all what you picture is going to happen for birth, which I guess is just how it always is. So I got induced. I was completely closed, but my OB was willing to induce me. And so by the time they, they by the time they actually started, um, the induction I had opened like to one centimeter. So I was like, oh, okay, that's that's good. Maybe just because I'm sitting and relaxing and not doing anything for once. Um, and so we started with the Foley bulb, which was horrible. If anybody is familiar with that, it was like four hours of the most pain I've ever been in in my entire life, like throwing up contraction over contraction over contraction. And I was like, I cannot do this. This, I need the epidural. And I had, didn't know you could get the epidural with a Foley bulb, but apparently you can. Um, and then I got Pitocin. And so after 
12 hours of that, I finally was like, I need that epidural. Like these Pitocin contractions are every two minutes and they're on top of each other and they're super intense. And I hadn't slept in 24 hours. And so, um, and I was still only at five centimeters after 12 hours of labor. And so I got the epidural, I slept for a little bit and then I was still just kind of like stuck. So they broke my water, still stuck at five centimeters. Baby's heart rate was kind of all over the place, but my OB was still like really monitoring, watching and making sure everything was okay. Finally, I jumped up to 10 and I started pushing and that took an hour and a half. And again, still like his heart rate was dropping. And my doula later told me, she was like, I was pretty sure you were going to have to have a C-section because his heart rate was dropping so much. And I guess my doula and my OB were like, that at the time. No. Maybe that's a good thing because you were just I know. focused. I know. They were giving me oxygen and that, I think that helped. And um, my doula told me later, she was like, you know, I kept making like eye contact with your OB when things got a little hairy, like, oh, this is not good. But um, we got him out. He was tiny. He was five pounds, eight ounces. And so versus my um, Revere, my first one was seven pounds, three ounces. So they're like, he's just enough that he doesn't have to go to the NICU. Uh, but then we took his, his blood or his um, blood sugar and it was super low. It was like 26. And so we were like really quickly trying to get some colostrum out and then they took him to the NICU and then we were there for six days trying to get his his blood sugar up. So that was not fun. Um, I don't know how long-term NICU mamas do. I know they have to, but it's just we were so lucky we had family to watch Revere. We both stayed at the NICU, which you couldn't do like last year with COVID. So we were super lucky with that. Um, it was not fun, but he's doing much, much better. He's still... He's still a tiny little guy, but hopefully he'll catch up before two. So that's my little first story in five minutes. Sorry, I should have said skip skip to five minutes if you don't want to hear. Yeah. If you don't care. Well, that was a very abridged version. I, of yeah. course, want to hear all the details, but we can talk offline about yeah. that. So you are now the proud mom of two boys. Two boys. Oh, my gosh. So, yes, I can't wait to follow along. In terms of exercise, so I know, obviously, like – we have talked with Jessica Vallant and Abby Bales on here who are very knowledgeable about pregnancy, postpartum, returning to exercise, um, the rebuild. So yeah. I know you have purchased the ReCore. Yeah. Programs. I have as well. So tell us a little bit about how you are fitting in movement at this time. Yeah. So the ReCore program is from Celeste Goodwin. I'm, I think that's her last name. Good winner. Yeah. yeah. She's worked with Alicia Montano, Steph Bruce, Allison Phoenix. So I knew that she was very reputable and she's all about doing this, this really quick. It's like 17 minute core program every other day. And of course, every other day has not happened. Um, and so coming from a C-section to now a V-back was really different for me. My recovery was, was very different. I tore, I had a second degree tear that did not heal well, I had to go back in a couple times for my OB to look at it after my six-week appointment, um, and it's still not a hundred percent. I probably should go back in. I just it's just moving and all and stress and not being able to rest. It's just an unfortunate, terrible timing. But I knew that taking it easy and really slowly is the way to go. And I really like having some kind of program or goal, and so I knew that this would be really good for me to have going in, moving something short, something I can do maybe with kids crawling around me, right? Or <laughs> having to pause and, and just do it really quickly and help them. So I've been doing that. I just started week two. It's a six-week program, but I just, my core just felt completely different the second go-round. And so 
I did her week one program for six weeks now. Um, and I just started week two because I just didn't feel ready. And that's okay. You, even if you said, you know, even if the program says you're supposed to advance to the next one and you don't feel quite ready, that's okay. I just could not feel my abs engaging. And now I finally can feel that 360 core finally starting to engage and kick in a little bit. Um, I also have had a two finger diastasis and that's healed up above my belly button, but my belly, my actual belly button is still about two, um, which is again, very normal post post baby. I still have a little bit of diastasis as well. Yeah. Like a little bit of space. Um, yes, exactly. So I've been very careful about what I can and can't do. Exactly. Which means as we talked with, with Jessica Valant, uh, no crunches, no planks, I still have not been running. I'm still not jumping. Uh, Just things like that that are just really stressful for the core. I've still been avoiding. My son will be four months next week. So I technically could start running then. I'm not sure if I'm going to. I've been doing a lot more walks and more intense walks. But the thing with with Texas that I kind of didn't realize is that it's really hilly. And I'm coming from Florida, which has zero hills. So that just those two mile walks for me, like with all those hills have have been enough for right now. So last time I had, um, last time I was pregnant for recovery, I did start running at 16 weeks and that felt okay. But this time I think I'm just going to maybe give it another week or two and just do a walk run interval, which I did not do last time either, but I didn't really have any, any issues that I'm having now with my first one. So, because you, how long did you wait to start running Sarah? I was this time around you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably, 20-ish weeks, but I was like a definitely walk, jog, walk, jog, walk, like very interval. And I made, I did a super slow buildup. Like I'm almost 11 months postpartum now. And the furthest I've gone is five miles, Um, which I feel great now. I think like mentally I was holding myself back more than I needed to because I just know all of the consequences that I didn't want to have them. But, you know, I talked to Abby and she's like, you're fine. Like you're holding yourself back. Like we did a video chat and she's like, you're stronger than you think. And I was like, are you sure? Oh, that's, I didn't know you were working with her. That's awesome. So I did. Yeah. So to update, I was working with a pelvic floor therapist locally who was great, but she didn't specialize in athletes. And I almost think that was like a detriment to me because she didn't quite understand like the fitness aspect of it and how sometimes you do need to challenge those muscles to build them and get them stronger. And she was kind of saying, no, you can't do that. So I almost felt very confined. So um, then I had a recent hernia. It's like a teeny little thing. Yeah. And I went to the doctor about it and basically I was like really worried. What's this going to mean for everything? And the doctor was like, this is completely normal. Like you're through pregnancy, this happens to some people. You don't have to take care of it anytime soon. Like it's nothing urgent. Mm-hmm. And the recovery from surgery for something like that would be brutal with kids because you can't lift anything over like five pounds for <laughs> six weeks. Oh my so gosh. I was like, what? Like you can't even lift a gallon of milk. So I was like, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen for yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> for no. Time. So, um, so then I contacted Abby saying like, this is what's going on with me. I don't, I'm a little scared. What do I do? Right. And she just kind of normalized it. And she's like, that's normal. It's okay. Like, um, we did a video chat. She watched me engage my core. Nice. um, See if there was doming for things. You know, we kind of found my limit and we did jumping and we did a lot of jump rope things. And she just watched and really guided me and said like, 
I think you're stronger than you think. And obviously this was like very personalized. So I wouldn't recommend someone just go forward without right. seeing a professional. Um, and then I purchased the ReCore program that she had also recommended. So yeah. now I feel like I probably wish I had done this from the start working with a sports specific one, but right. there wasn't someone like that in my area. Um, but it's I've hard. still been very focused on on pelvic floor and core work. So it's yeah. still a journey, but I'm still taking it slow and just listening to my body because honestly, I have no pain and no nothing telling me not to go except my mind. Right. Right. Because so you don't want to like synchronize that. Right. You don't want to end up with something where it's like prolapse or something like just yeah. more intense and that is going to be a longer recovery. And then I know you have a race. You're going to run a half marathon this fall, That's right? The plan in yeah. September. So again, like I'm still taking it slow. And if I don't feel ready, there's, I'm not going to run it, but right. hopefully I will. Um, yeah. I'm actually might do a race tonight. Like very. Oh, late. really? Yeah. I'm just, it's just a five mile run that Ed was supposed to do, but he had a recent surgery lately. Everything's fine, um, but he can't do it. So he's like, well, why don't you just do it? And I was yeah. like, well, I can't be, I can't let the competitive side of me come out too much. <laughs> so I've never done a five mile race. That'd be, that'd be fun. You could set a new, a new personal record. Yeah. yeah. I just have to tell myself, just ha- make it fun and, and don't go too fast. It's a sunlight. It's like a twilight race, which I think is cool. Cause I that really cool. enjoy running at like 7 PM. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. That's it'll be fun. a whole new thing, but yeah, back to the topic. Like I waited 20 weeks and yeah. very slow build up. Well, and I think what is good too is to remember that like what what you just said, like what you did with Abby, like she looked at you for, she checked for doming, you did those checks, like that's also in that recore program. So if you if that's not available to you to work with someone one-on-one cuz that can be that can be more expensive or if someone is just not in your area or you just don't feel comfortable or maybe you don't have time, maybe your kiddos are just crawling all over you and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine having you know, 10 minutes to myself to talk to somebody about just me, which you should do. But if, you know, we all understand seasons of life, you know, that's why I, I got that program because I, I knew that it would be something I could do on my own and check and and all of those things are included, which is which is so nice. It's like, do this, check and video yourself, check for doming, check where your limit is and keep doing that over and over. But I know Abby is the best at what she does. So she's reform PTNYC on Instagram and that's her. Yeah. All of her information. We'll include there, that in the show notes. Is it notes. just ReCore? We'll, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes for Celeste as well. Yeah, it's ReCore Fitness, I Recore think. Fitness, mm-hmm. yeah. So just something to consider. And I know, I mean, when you think postpartum, I my first initial reaction before I knew about anything <laughs> pelvic floor is not pelvic floor. It's like, how do I get my abs back? How do I put them back together? You don't, you don't think that they go together because they do. And that's really what you want to focus on, especially if you had a long vaginal birth or even see I don't know I felt like my my pelvic floor was worse after my c-section personally but uh so how have you now kind of transitioning into training while traveling I have some tips but I'm really curious for you Marita because you obviously you took road trips you're in a new state right especially in that confined situation how did you fit it in doing some of this pelvic floor training or even in so, the past, training in general. Right. So, okay. So my dumbbells made the cut for the minivan, right? I was like, I... Smart. Be prepared. Yes. So I brought... I just brought five pounds. I, I wish I had brought a heavier set. I wish I brought like eights or tens, but we just didn't have room in the minivan. So I was like, okay, 
let's just bring because we we packed all of our stuff that we would absolutely need for a month into my car. So I brought five pounds. I think I brought a stretchy band, just like a what are those things called? Just like you know, a stretchy band that goes like a circle band that goes around like your thighs yeah, or whatever. Those are a great. Those are a great um, resource for traveling. The because you can do weight training, you can do yep. resistance, the resistance bands. Yep, anything like that, and especially. Especially as runners and especially as women, our hips and our glutes tend to be so, so weak. And that I knew that that was going to be an issue for me postpartum. That's always an issue for me. That's pretty much why I have injured. I'm, I have injuries. It's because my hips and my glutes are the constantly weak. The upstream effect that yeah. we were talking to Jessica about. Exactly. So I knew I was going to bring those and focus on like clamshells with those or leg lifts, things like that. So that was like number one. And that is so easy to pack. I mean, I could shove that, you know, into my purse really quickly. And then I also brought my mobo board which i'm not really sure we've talked about before but um as you guys know i had a little bit about that yeah so i had um posterior tibial tendonitis after uh, having um revere and after doing my olympic triathlon when i was hoping to train for my first marathon so that is by jade sherry and he is like the leading physical therapist he's in oregon he's like work with lauren fleshman and a bunch of olympians at his like um, physical therapy, uh, like not store, but you know, like facility It's his facility. And so he made the, this mobile board. And so what it does is it focuses on strengthening your big toe and your arch and the muscles in your foot and lower leg in order to avoid injuries. And so it's brilliant because that is a really weak spot for me. And a lot of people don't focus on how weak their feet are. And I definitely have weak feet because, you know, we wear shoes all day long. Maybe we don't think about strengthening our feet. And our big toe does so much for us when we're running that it just becomes super weak and it's not effective. And so that can cause a lot of injuries. And so I use the mobile board. I love it. It is this round wood circle and it has fins and you can switch it from feet to feet and different positions. And you pretty much just balance on it and move it in a different direction or you have weights and you bring the weights around you or you have like a little stretchy band that you use. It's it's a really awesome tool. I highly recommend it. My feet got so strong after using it and I didn't have any issues after that. Um, I think that for me, uh, postpartum, my feet get really weak and they also grow like none of my shoes fit. So, and I guess when you are postpartum, you're at risk for having a lot of foot issues like plantar fasciitis. So that's something that I can't recommend enough. Just as a runner, it doesn't even have to be postpartum at all. It's just really, really good to strengthen your feet and really activate that big toe. It actually like has a hole in it where you can't use your little toes because those tend to kick in because you grip them and that's not what you want because they don't they don't engage with your upper chain. So I highly recommend that. So that made the cut also. My husband's like, oh my God, what are we what are we packing here? So that was all I brought. I, we had our iPad, I had my my laptop and so I would do the recore every other day if I could. I mean it obviously doesn't happen with with a two month old and a two and a half year old. I would put on TV for my two and a half year old while my baby was napping or if my husband wasn't working and was around and would just try to bang something out really quickly. So what I've been doing pretty much since about eight weeks postpartum, because I had to wait a little bit longer because my tear wasn't healing. Um, I have been doing the recore and then trying to really focus on strength training. So I've been doing a Peloton either strength workout. I usually do like 20 minutes of their like legs and glutes and then like a 10 minute arm workout and try to fit in 
some pelvic floor activation in there and then or do a bar three workout, which I know I've talked about before. So kind of alternate between those two and and then the recore and trying to get some steps in. It's not that hard to stay active with two kids. Like, oh, my gosh, there are some days I'm like, wow, I'm already at 7000 steps and it's 10 o'clock. So it's it's you know, it's not that hard to to stay active. I, I did get a treadmill for my birthday, which is super exciting. So I've been trying to walk on that and I have yet to set up my bike because we just don't know where to put it. But that's something that I really want to do. I, I really, really miss biking and really want to hop back on and do some Tabata rides with Robin eventually. So it's hard. You just, you kind of just have to plan ahead. I knew I would want dumbbells and I wish I had brought heavier ones, but I just didn't know two weeks post or two months postpartum how I would feel. So that's okay. I just tried to do an extra couple reps and I I really just aimed for 20 to 30 minutes. And if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. Um, I think there were a couple times that I worked out in like total darkness because my my baby was like napping in the living room while my son was doing quiet time. And it was just like, I have to have the lights off. So I'm just going to work out in the dark here. And this is what's happening. And and then everybody would wake up and join me. You know, that's just kind of how it is. So just trying to be flexible, not having unrealistic expectations. I'm not trying to train for anything right now. I would love to do a half marathon or maybe marathon next year. And so this is just me trying to slowly rebuild, not cause any injuries and just get everything activating again because I feel like everything just kind of went to mush this go round for me. So things just hang different. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I've obviously have really enjoyed watching your comeback and obviously you being transparent about everything because, yeah. you know, we're here. To, it's not just butterflies getting back to exercise. It takes no. a long time in this postpartum expectation from culture to just like look like yourself before kids or get back to where you were like even on Instagram I see some influencers in the running field who are back to running after like two months and training for a race and I'm maybe past me would be like oh that's so nice I envy that but current me is like how exhausting like it's nice to have that in-between space where you're not training for anything and it's just you do what you need to do you listen to your body maybe you take a nap someday rather than yeah working out or you're just doing the building strength work like you're talking about to prevent future injuries I really think it's an act of self-care and yeah the way that you're approaching it I think is really respectable well and I I totally agree like I if I'm exhausted if my son has been up nursing all night or if it just it's been a long week or whatever I will choose a nap over working out because like we talked about with Abby and with Jessica you need sleep like that's more that's way more important than trying to you're I mean you're not going to build muscle if you're sleep deprived that's Mm -hmm. that's just the way it is and you're going to set yourself up for injury luckily the last couple weeks have been better sleep wise for me so I'm I think Rex wakes up like once or twice a night still which is fine he's only four months so that's totally normal but I I just couldn't imagine trying to wake up you know at 5 a.m after I've been up all night and try to train bang something out really quickly just so I can posted on Instagram. Oh, new 5k postpartum PR. I mean, sure that I think that would be really cool, but that's, I just can't do that. That's just not my season of life right now. Maybe eventually I'll I'll get back to early morning workouts, but when I'm up from three to four every night, no, I don't think so. I don't, that doesn't sound fun. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. I'm, I'm in the same boat now. Power to people who can kind of power beyond that, but at the same time I would, you know, at what cost, at what expense. I need sleep. For sure. Mm-hmm. I need sleep too. <laughs> so for you, like, how does it look from 
like in my position to older baby with two kids now, like how different is that for you now? How has that changed? Yeah. So Hannah is almost walking. So she's at the point where you just can't take your eyes off her. Like when babies are smaller, they can like sit in a swing or they can stay put, like they might roll over, but they're not going to move and crawl to the steps or anything like that. So I could have Hannah on like her tummy time mat or with like a plaything above her and I could do a workout, which I did um, the days I was home with her. Mm-hmm. But now I can't do that. So yeah. when she's awake, I just, I can't work out. It's a little bit easier, honestly, with Cameron, because like you said, I, I'll, no shame, put the TV yeah. on for Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, she knows like if Hannah's asleep and I say, all right, mommy's going to do a workout. Do you want me to put yoga on for her? Like I do the cosmic kids yoga. Yeah. She's like, yes. Yoga, yoga. So that's kind of our thing and it's fine. And you know, in the beginning, maybe I had a little bit of mom guilt about the screen time, but honestly, like my self-care and self-care. self-sanity is totally worth it. It's worth it. And she's doing movement with me. So I kind of like that. Um, but yeah. yeah, so it's a little bit more difficult in the fact that once Rex will get a little bit bigger and mobile, it's it's just harder. You can't take your eyes off him. Exactly. But when Ed's home and around, like, um, I still haven't done many stroller runs with Hannah. Maybe that's it. It's getting hot now, too. So I, I just don't know if that's the season for us. Um, but that would be an option, like right. taking her out in the bob for, like, a shorter run with me. Um, do you guys have a double? We do. I haven't really run with the double yet. I'm very yeah. intimidated by that. It's so I crazy. was like, right, I was like, should I get a treadmill or – a double jogging stroller and I'm like I I don't think I can push a double jogging stroller like Revere is 40 pounds and then Rex is I don't know probably about 15 right and then the stroller itself and I'm like how am I gonna oh no thanks right. I don't think I want to do that in this yeah. heat maybe I I'll feel different I still want to build up my my core before I push that but yeah we have gotten a lot of use out of ours for walks so I just right. we have like this neighborhood resell so I bought it from someone in the neighborhood for a couple hundred bucks, which nice. new, it's very, it's a little bit pricier, but I was like, we're going to get a lot of use out of this. So we go for family walks pretty much every night and they mm-hmm. both enjoy sitting in it together. So yeah, I like it for that purpose. If I choose to run with it someday, great. I think maybe it's more likely that Ed will run <laughs> when he feels up to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's intense. We have, we have a single jogging stroll and we have our... A, up a baby vista so it has two on it so that's what i've been walking with and andrew's like well you know each of us could have a stroller if we go running because we do like to run together right i was like yeah that's a good idea and i guess we could swap like each of you would have a single stroller right right yeah. but i don't know people who run like with the triples and the doubles and and crush it all the power to you i don't know if i could do that i also usually have tater my right. very excitable golden doodle with me yeah. like you have this um, I can link it in the show notes, but it's kind of like a belt. So I don't have, I can have my hands free to push yep. the stroller. Yeah. But she does tug sometimes too. So running with all of that is just too many things to consider. For yeah. Me. I'm pretty sure it's I hard. fall flat on my face. <laughs> oh my God. But to I know. The, your point earlier of like having kids doesn't make it too hard to get out and about. Like that's one of my best tips for traveling, especially if you have kids is right. like explore, have, take your running stroller with you. If you're driving, it's a lot easier. If you're flying, um, maybe you can make it work. I actually, yeah. we're in the process of like booking flights for Thanksgiving and deciding like, what do we need to bring? Pack and plays, car seats, yeah. all of that. It's, it's very complicated, but a friend told me about this website. I need to look it up and I'll put it in the show notes. You can like, wherever you're going, you can rent things to just use by the day. 
I love that. Yes, we okay, have. So we looked at that. Mm-hmm. So, so rather than like, because the rental car companies, I feel like they're notorious for not having like a good quality car seat. So right. um, instead of doing that and lugging around a car seat the entire time, you could like pick a destination and just like for 10 bucks a day or seven bucks a day, um, rent someone. So for like yep. a short term trip, I feel like it's useful for that. Is that what you did when you went on your beach vacation a couple of weeks ago? So how we did that was we drove. So we um, we just upgraded to a bigger car, which was necessary, Ooh. having two kids. What'd you get? We got a Suburban. Oh, nice. So it's like a – it's a tank. Those are like tanks. I was a little intimidated to drive it, but now I, I grew up riding in Suburban, so I like yeah. it because yeah. there's four of us. So my mom needed a big car to cart us around. So we needed that space. So we were able to pack the jogging stroller, the pack and play, the car seats, um, the dog. We had plenty of room. Flying, I think, would be a little bit different. But so we had the jogging stroller. I packed resistance bands and some weights. So how I fit in exercise for that trip was if I wasn't running, which I did some beach runs, which was nice. I did the Peloton, just strength workouts. Um, So I think having an app or or if you're someone, Mm -hmm. if you can make up your own workouts, great. Like you have a previous personal trainer that made workouts for you or you just feel comfortable doing that for yourself, that's great. But if you have an app or... There's a lot of other ones aside from Peloton, and we're not sponsored by Peloton. We both no. love that program, <laughs> um, just the the flexibility of it. Yeah. Um, just something that you can have to kind of guide you and just go in a room, use your resistance bands, use yeah. your, your free weights if that's what you have room to bring and do it like that. Well, and now Peloton has the military and healthcare worker and teacher discount. So it's only $10 a month now oh. if you get that. Yeah. Do you quali- do we qualify for healthcare? We we do qualify. Yes. <laughs> Which is exciting. I didn't know about that. So dietitians, military teachers get $3 off. Yeah. I got an email about it a couple weeks ago. You do have to like completely cancel, but I guess all your workouts and everything will be saved. Your profile okay, is saved under your account. Mhm. Yeah. Um no, I, I yeah, I I totally agree. I know it sounds silly to bring like weights and bands and stuff with you when you're traveling, but it's just nice to have that little pocket of time to yourself, even when you're on vacation and traveling, because you do have downtime, especially with with kids or if you don't have kids and you're just traveling with family. There's always that part of the day that everyone's kind of doing their own thing for some space. And sure, that's definitely a good time to maybe read a book and hang out or just scroll <laughs> Instagram or whatever. But it's also a really good time to just get a quick workout in and even just doing mobility work and not necessarily doing like a strength workout is always something nice, especially mm-hmm. for us endurance athletes who tend to neglect that area so right and I think support comes into all of this like having a supportive yeah. partner and don't get me wrong like we are all for off days like if you're traveling like do not feel like you have to work oh, out yeah. every day enjoy the off time but at the same time sometimes workouts just make you feel better they yep. enhance your self-care it gives you some time alone like you mentioned Marina so yeah. we actually had some good friends join us at the beach and they they actually are our neighbors they have a home gym and they're like passionate about working out too so we took turns watching each other's kids the kids played together Um, my friend Joanna's like go do your run now I got this like I understand and then when I came back she brought her resistance bands and she was doing her kind of like high intensity workout so I think like if people get it if you travel with people who get it or your partner gets it or you have parents who can chip in for childcare to kind of let you get that me time if pushing a stroller Right. isn't your idea of the workout you want for the right. day, then there's nothing wrong with that either. No, definitely not. I remember when we went on our 
our honeymoon, we went on our honeymoon like six years after we got married and we went to Hawaii and we picked a place that had a gym because we both, because I was training for Ironman Augusta. So I was like, I got to have something. I can't take two weeks off because it was right, like right in the middle of training. And, and, um, Andrew likes to work out too. So that was something that we wanted to do. It's not something you always have to do, but it was nice. It was, it was a really nice facility. It was just nice to like after breakfast, get, you know, get like a quick workout in and then go out through the rest of your day. And so we've done that. Or I know that there's like hotels now that you can get like a Peloton themed hotel. Have you, we found, we found those in Houston. (laughs) Andrew tried to book it. Have like Peloton treads in the room to work out. Yeah. Oh, in your hotel room. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. No, I thought I that was super interesting. I know, right? I'm sure that there's like, like Nordic Track has that too or something. But so tons of different ways. But like Sarah said, utilize that support. Be like, hey, man, I need to tap out for 20 minutes and just be by myself and go do a quick workout. Like, don't be afraid to ask that. You don't have to be super mom or or just try to power through. It's it's always good to put that self-care first. And I think for at least – for me, my form of self-care is almost always getting in a quick workout because it makes me feel better. It makes me feel stronger. It makes me, you know, realize that I'm working towards the goals that I have fitness-wise. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's going to go close my eyes for 20 minutes. You know, it just depends on your season of life. But I think it's it's so true. You have to use your utilize that support and speak up for yourself and be like, yo, I need a minute. These kids are driving me crazy. <laughs> so Agree. And for all of our runners out there, another way that helps me when traveling to kind of plan for workouts is obviously the Strava app. So yeah, I'm not super into that app, to be honest. I know a lot of people are, but if we're traveling or we're somewhere new, my husband will hop on and plan his route right away using like the Strava app. So that can be a great way to, you know, find a safe route or somewhere Mm -hmm. to run or even bike. Bike. I've used it for biking. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, In a new area. And a, a nice thing that we like to do more so before we had kids, but we would take, we would go to new places for races. That was kind of like mm-hmm. the idea behind a race we would sign up for is like, oh, I want to explore that or the food yep. scene. So I would go on Yelp or some sort of app to pick out where we're going to eat breakfast that day or brunch or right. lunch or dinner. And maybe we would do like a morning run because we would mm-hmm. usually try to stay in like a downtown vicinity or stuff with things nearby. So we would right. just go for a run and then end at the breakfast place or something like I that. I love that. I love Make that. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And I think too, I was looking at races for next, uh, next summer, spring, summer, if that happens to work out for life, you know, and I was looking at like Utah, I think like your Ogden marathon or, um, they just had one in June and I was like, Oh, we could do that. And then do like the national parks. On the back end of that, I wouldn't recommend doing that before a race, but I thought that, right. that you know, that would be fun, something fun to do training-wise, even if you don't have a family, like if it's just you and your partner or just you, it's like, cool, where am I going to go next to explore? What's a fun place that I can get a race in and then try to, you know, see something new somewhere I haven't been, check a state off. I think that that would be, that that would be cool too. Love that. And the idea of adding on after the fact is great yeah. for the kids too. Like having somewhere incentive. To hey, mm-hmm. come watch come watch mommy race for, you know, four hours and then we can go play and then we're all done and then that's it. Yeah, I think I think that is a fun idea. I know a lot of people do that like for uh Marine Corps Marathon with DC. I know like people have written whole blog posts about it. Like, here's my itinerary for what I did the day before, not too much walking. And then after it's like, we did this and this and this after the race. And I'm sure you're going to be tired and your feet probably will hurt, but it's always better to do that race first and then 
and then all those other fun activities after. Right. That's what yeah, we I think do. it's I think doing the planning beforehand for a trip is is going to set you up for success. So whether okay. it's finding a hotel like you mentioned with a gym, which right. is or a pool. I mean, fitness yeah. can come in so many ways, right? Swimming, mm-hmm. um, yeah. walking around with your kids, doing your own workout. We kind of have come to a point where it's just easier for us to like find Airbnbs, like somewhere with right. a kitchen. And maybe if one of us is prepping breakfast for the girls, the other one can go for a run or get a workout in. So planning ahead for that and, you know, looking for a safe neighborhood or Mm -hmm. bringing the hand weights or bands with us for that. Yeah. And if you are not the kind of person who likes to plan vacations, there are tons of travel agents who will do that for you and probably are familiar with runners and other sports with Oh, yeah. I'm that. sure there's a business plan for that. Someone mm-hmm. can help you. If not, for sure. that's a great business idea. I know. I know, right? Get on that, guys. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's tons of things you can do. Remember to ask for help if you need 20 minutes to yourself or bring those weights. Don't be afraid. My, my husband totally scoffed at me like, why don't you just go to the gym on base? And I'm like, you don't understand. It's so much harder to get dressed, drive to the gym, find out where to go in the gym, find equipment for – I mean, that's like – you know, 15, 20 minutes right there that I could spend showering. <laughs> so Logistics, right? Logistics. Yeah. It's sometimes just easier to do it really quickly with everybody around you and huffing and puffing and just get through it. Yeah. Yeah. And the last step I would say too is I'm always for flexibility with anything, right? With mm-hmm. food, with exercise. So if you only have time for a 15 minute workout and you wanted to do 30 or 45, at least you got 15. Maybe yep. you can even break it into two 15 minute segments, you know, like Maybe your kid wakes up early from a nap or mm-hmm. you have to go eat. Maybe, you know, later on in the day you can add something in or just walk a little bit further with them. It doesn't have to be perfect because I think there comes a point where you don't want to – it comes the detriment of your vacation. You do right. want to be able to do what you came to this place to do. Explore, right. Explore. Right. Go to a wedding. Enjoy yourself at a reception. Catch up with old friends. Whatever it is, you don't want exercise to overcome all of that. Right. It's not about necessarily – fitting in that two to three hour workout right before and then your family just waiting around on you. Conversely, a 10 minute workout still counts. I know as runners were runners, triathletes, endurance athletes were like, oh, 10 minutes, that's all I, that doesn't even count. I'm not even going to market as a workout. That counts. That 100% counts. Any form of movement is good towards your health. Yep. Yeah. We are all for that. Totally. If any cool. of you have any additional tips about how you've managed training while traveling, please let us know. Yeah, we'd love Take to hear it. Take a screenshot of this on Instagram mm-hmm. and add your tip and we will reshare it. We love to see. Yay, so good to be back. <laughs> yes, we're glad to have Marita back. We mm-hmm. still don't know what our regular schedule will look like. We're yeah. still aiming for a new episode every other week at this yeah. point, probably throughout the summer just because mm-hmm. – it's summer. Kids are out of school. I yeah. know you're probably still looking for childcare there. So, yes, uh, it's really hard to find childcare. Oh my gosh, not fun. In a new place. In yeah. a new place. Yeah, no point now. But thanks so much, guys. As always, if you can subscribe and leave a review for us, we would greatly appreciate that. That helps other people find our podcast and helps us to grow and be able to continue to bring this to you. If you want to support us further, we have a Patreon page as well where we're adding lots of good stuff, including a whole episode about what supplements Sarah and I take. So 
I know we get that question all the time, at least I know I do in my DMs. So let us know if you want to become a Patreon subscriber. If you have no idea what we're talking about or how to do that, just DM one of us or uh, shoot us a message at nailyournutritioncourse1 at gmail.com and we will help you. Otherwise, visit your show notes and there will be a link there as well. Yes, we will look forward to hearing from you guys and we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. That wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review so others can find it more easily. You can also stay in touch with us by joining our Facebook group, Nutrition for Runners. If you have any requests for future episode topics and more, email us at nailyournutritioncourse1 at gmail.com. Happy fueling! Happy fueling!